of the Rachel Berry story. Yeah, we're going to get into it with season four. It's a new era. It's a new world here for Rachel out here in New York. No fin to start things off. Everything is different. Everything has changed. Uh, and yet, you know, a lot of things stay the same. So we're going to get into it in season four in New York, Amon. Yay, finally. Uh, I'm, it's, no, not my favorite New York uh, era, but it's still pretty cool. It's still pretty cool. My beloved New York City. So uh, Rachel has finally done it. You know, she's busted out of that uh, freaking crack house we call McKinley and has now entered the space where she is destined to be since season one. Um, good old New York City. Good old Niata. New York Academy of the Dramatic Arts where she's going to make her dreams of coming or be, uh, going to Broadway come true. Yes. Um, but it's not all sunshine and roses because she's going to have immediate run-ins with one Cassandra July, who is her dance instructor in Dance 101. Uh, she gives her a proper New York reading and letting her know that she sucks. I bet you thought you were some big star in in Iowa, right? You know, actually, I'm from Ohio. Oh, that's even worse. It's like a little turd that Michigan's trying to just pinch off. Um... Here's some advice. Your uh, PK turns need some work and your stuck-up little attitude is pissing me off. I cannot believe I just committed that to memory because that just kind of rolled off the tongue. <laughs> but that's what she's hit herself with. Because uh, Angela July does not like Rachel yeah. at all. Yeah, Rachel, you know, she arrived in New York. It's where she's been wanting to go for all this time. And she finally made it. She's finally here. And she's like, you know, she obviously went through a, a big emotional thing and she's still got plenty more emotion to come on the fin front. But she's doing it she's by herself here uh she doesn't not that any of her friends were really holding her back but she's kind of like set free to just to do it now now that she's here it's time so she gets into new york and like you said uh cassandra july one of her uh teachers over at niata is not making things any easier for her she talks about you know she misses her dads her friends and she misses finn who she hasn't heard from in two months but you know he's giving her space to go follow her dreams um and her uh, everything going on at home is uh not the best she's got a roommate who literally spends all of their time uh you know going at it with uh whoever so she's got no quiet no peace um she's been taking her showers at 3 a.m when nobody's around just to give herself like time and space to to think and i don't know whatever um and one day while she's taking that shower she runs into a guy in the shower brody weston uh he opens up the curtain she looks over she's like oh that's there for me to look at cool um and they talk they kind of introduce each other and uh, you know introduce themselves to each other and uh, throughout this first episode the new rachel we're gonna see how things are getting set up with these two new characters uh cassie and brody uh living in rachel's world of uh you know who they are to her and how they're going to play a fact because all of the characters rachel has interacted with for all these years like will's not coming to new york with her so you gotta have new people for her to play around with uh cassie obviously being the person who's against her here 
showing her what what she's all about with uh, Americano dance again. Uh, and Rachel's like, okay, so like I have to deal with this. That's cool. Um, and then Brody, who is trying to you know comfort her a little bit, uh, be there for her uh, as the two of them start to get closer and closer. And you know, over time, he starts to realize that she's not really looking for a romantic thing right now because she is still in love with Finn. But these relationships are going to grow, uh, even if you if you call it a relationship, you know, Rachel and Cassie. These these whatever they are. Yeah, Rachel doesn't have all uh, a horrible time because she does go um, to her, uh, I I guess it's just like a vocal interpretation class um, that's run by Carmen Thibodeau. And she sings New York State of Mind alongside Marley, who's at McKinley auditioning for the Glee Club um, and knocks it out of the park after just witnessing a girl that has been trying to get into Neata for like two years at this point get cut on the first day of class because she did not practice. I don't know how someone like that made it in after two years and Kurt couldn't make it in after that wonderful performance. You know what? Let it go. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, she she does still have her voice and it's always been the thing that she's had the most confidence in. So yeah, you know what, now that I'm thinking about it, good writing that of course the dance class is the one that is going to give her a lot of trouble. Um, Cassie July clearly has some issues going on. Uh, Aside from the fact that, um, aside from the fact that she just doesn't like Rachel, she doesn't really seem to like herself right now. Um, And it's something that I think that Rachel is going to hone in on pretty quickly. Um, I can't remember if it's this episode or the next one, but it happens fairly quickly that, um, She's able to tell that there's like a little bit of uh, alcoholism going on right now with with Cassie July, um, right. which Cassie is going to just brush off as it being Listerine. <laughs> sure, girl. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's um she's having a rough time at the end of it all. She has, doesn't have Finn. She doesn't have any of her friends. Cassie July is a bitch. Um, but slight moment of reprieve because Kurt makes his way to New York and they reunite briefly, and they even decide, you know what, Rachel, you're going to move out of that uh, nasty dorm room with that girl who's always having sex, and we're going to get an apartment in Bushwick together. So we end the uh, premiere of season four with Kurt and Rachel reunited um, and ready to take on the town together. It's yeah. lots of fun here. Yeah, Brody was trying his best to kind of lift her spirits and say, like, look, you're in New York now. You're going to be a new and improved Rachel. I mean, obviously, he didn't know her beforehand, but he's picking up, you know, kind of uh, who she is or who she's been. Uh, and regardless of who that is, you know, he's trying to, you know, tell her, look, you're going to start a f- start fresh and, uh, you know, make new memories as they go walking around the city, taking pictures together. And then, you know, things are, are you know, it's it's not enough. And that's like you said, when Kurt does show up uh, and she see she's like having one of the lowest points uh, that she's she's had so far. She's crying to him on the phone about how so many things are just not going as she expected. Turns around, sees Kurt Hummel standing there, uh, and they embrace. They have that big hug, and uh, now it's time to allow the two of them to adventure around New York City together. So we go into the Britney episode. Uh, Even though Kurt's there, things aren't (laughs) changing much for uh, Rachel's school life, obviously, because I don't know how he would change that. So uh, Cassie's still getting on Rachel's case about how she like lacks sex appeal and Rachel wants to prove her wrong. Um, But Cassie's like, nope, you're you really think that you're everything, but you're not. You're ashamed of yourself, of your body. Uh, And Rachel's like, "Okay, wow. Fuck me. All right. Wow. Um, they, uh, Rachel and Kurt are going to catch up about how they haven't heard from Finn at all. Um, they have this nice, huge place. Like you said, they got this apartment. Uh, they are riding their freaking bikes around in all the space that they have here. It is insane how, uh, much money they must've had to afford this place, but another two, uh, whatever, another story for another time. Um, and Kurt even talks about how he's heard about Cassie before, about all the stories from her past on Broadway. Um, and he's going to imply er, that Rachel should just, you know, stand up for herself, show Cassie what she's looking for. She wants sex appeal. 
appeal, give her sex appeal. Which ends up being uh, bad advice for someone like Cassie July. So Rachel does decide to ask Brody to help her with a little dance routine. And by little dance routine, I mean making us feel um, her Britney Spears oats by saying some sort of like stripped down version of hit me, or no, um, oops, I did it again. Uh, Cassie doesn't seem very impressed about the entire thing. And at the end of it all, she's like, <laughs> this is a musical theater dance class. What are you doing? What song? Like, why are we doing Britney in this song? But then again, Cassie, you definitely just mashed up J-Lo and Lady Gaga last <laughs> week. So, um, but uh, yeah, Rachel just had enough of it at this point. She's like, you know what? You're just pissed. You're jealous. You're jealous of me because I'm the future and you're some washed up joke. Of course, that is going to send Cassie into a tirade and she asks her to leave. You're out of it. You're done with my class. It's over. Um, so Rachel is going to have to come back with her tail between her legs and apologize to Cassie, and Cassie does give her some good advice here, even in all of her unprofessionalism. She's like, look, you can't just throw a tantrum like that. You can't just say anything you want to because someone is giving you a hard time. This business is full of hard times, and if you were to act out like that, you would never get cast. It would just never happen. Yeah. So you're back in the class because the college is saying that I have to give you a probationary status, and it is what it is. And, you know, I, I liked this moment even though it's kind of hard to be full on team Cassie here because she's still, she has issues, but I mean, it's, it's a good teaching moment because Rachel, you, you just like, you barely made it into Niata, barely made it into Niata. The last thing you need to be doing is telling off your professors, even though yes, a bit of what you're saying is true. Why would you say that to anybody? Like that's, that's just like some of the most hurtful shit that you could say to anyone who's a little older or their, their time is passed. She got away with this stuff at McKinley. She would get away with anything. Mostly. I don't know why she thought she was going to get away with it here. Yeah. Like Carmen Thibodeau should be like, you should be on here in a probationary status from the get go because you barely made it in as it was. Yeah, and then you freaking left all these voicemails on Carmen. T- like, bitch, you need to be you need to be walking around with your head down and just doing what you need to do. That's what you need to be doing the entire time. In my she's, opinion. Yeah, she's getting a lot of uh, a lot of wake up calls here about how things are really not going to go uh, how they used to for her. You know, a lot of the things she used to get away with not happening anymore. Um, but speaking of that old life, uh, she's still feeling pretty sad about uh, the that fa- uh, the fact that Finn is nowhere to be found. Um, and while she's growing closer with Brody, she still has this wall up because she can't get past you know the the wondering about where Finn is and why he hasn't you know contacted her. So uh, you know she hesitates to to get uh, to kiss him at all. Um, and he's like. Look, I'll, I'll respect that. Just know that I am always thinking about kissing you. Obviously, his feelings for her are growing. Um, and Rachel and Kurt, at the end of this Britney episode, they're painting their apartment, and uh, she painted Finn's name on the wall, but she ends up painting right over it, kind of telling us, like, all right, maybe she's maybe she's going to try to move past him for now because she doesn't want to just live waiting for him to show up. Uh, we get to the makeover episode up next, and uh, they talk about how, you know, Rachel needs to be updated for uh, making some changes in her life. To start with the wardrobe. So Kurt gives her, uh, you know, they sneak into the Vogue building where obviously Kurt has started working now. They pick out some new clothes, some new outfits, run into Isabel, who joins in on the fun. Later on, Rachel finds Brody, who uh, also is talking about, you know, was kind of encouraging this in the first place, saying, yeah, you haven't settled into New, uh, new York until you've had your first makeover. Uh, apparently he had one as well, which she doesn't believe. She's like, yeah, you needed a makeover. OK, um, but they go off. They do some singing there. A change would do you good. Uh, they end up making plans to have dinner together. And with this new energy in Rachel's like personality she just she's feeling a little bit better a more uplifted now that she is like you know made over into the New York uh Rachel uh she's like you know what 
I'm here with this really good looking guy who obviously cares about me, taking me out to dinner or whatever. We're uh, vibing really strongly. And uh, she goes in, kisses him back. And next thing you know, there's a knock on the door. And it is Finn. Of course it's Finn because she was just about to get it in. Ooh, that rhymed. Um, <laughs> but she's confused because why are you here? You've been ignoring all of my calls, all my texts, everything. Um, even telling your parents or whoever not to, you know, to, to not to indulge in any conversation about me. And Finn explains that he did join the army and everything, but he had to leave because he shot Rachel, his gun, into his uh, thigh. So... Now he's just been backpacking through Georgia and he finally came back home because um, he didn't know what to do. He was embarrassed. And Rachel was like, okay, we're not about to sit here and let you mope around. So you did say you wanted to be an actor at the end of senior year. How about we have you shadow me as I go to all of my classes and we'll see how you feel. Um, Rachel seems to be in her prime in this episode. We don't see any Cassie July moments, which I guess would not be <laughs> conducive to the storyline that we're going for here. Because Rachel is really, you know, she's she's enjoying her life for the most part. And she really is in her element here, um, which is going to make Finn feel threatened, not only because Rachel could be moving on, but also because Brody is around. They go to callbacks, this bar um, that a lot of Neotic kids go to. Brody and Rachel sing, even though Rachel did want to sing with Finn. Finn's sort of being a little pissy, so he's like, no. Um, on top of that, there's some Blaine and Kurt drama going on as well. Um, so at the end of their night at callbacks, Finn is going to come at Rachel like, okay, so you seem to be moving on a little bit. You seem to be, <laughs> what's what's this thing going on with Brody? What's going on? Um, and Rachel does admit, okay, I, I did kiss him, but that was it. I couldn't reach you. You weren't talking to me. You said that you wanted to give me space and everything, which Finn is going to regret. He's like, I should not have said that. And so it just becomes this whole thing where Finn is actually going to end up leaving, in, not at night, but like in the next day. Um, and Rachel, who's is pissed off at this point because she wants to be able to talk and have a conversation like an adult gets on a plane <laughs> to go back to McKinley. She doesn't say hi to anybody else. She just comes back to yell at Finn specifically only to probably get back on another plane or another bullet train back to New York in the next episode. Um, and they break up here. She's like, look, you, you, you gave me all of these signals that you wanted to give us some space. And now you're doing all of this moping around and leaving and all of this stuff. Like right now, I just can't do this right now. Like I have so much going on. The last thing that I need to worry about is you. And she doesn't say this in a mean way. It's just like, this is a lot. And right now I just have to be done. And I want for you to be my first and last love. But right now I can't do it. So we're done. Yeah, the like Finn. Obviously, the entire episode here, the uh, the breakup, of course, was uh, talk uh, was was feeling like something was off, and it wasn't just the fact that you know he and Rachel hadn't communicated in a while. It's like also she kind of is moving on. Uh, she admits that she kissed Brody, and she's like, I just wasn't sure what the deal was. Like, I didn't know what you were up to. I didn't know where we stand uh, stood or anything like that. So when they sing, don't speak, and then he ends up leaving. It's like, all right, like we're not really getting anywhere here, and it does seem like these two were really in opposite places in life. Uh, not just you know th their road was going on the same path for so long in high school and they you know season three was all about how great their love story was and they were so in love with each other they were going to get married uh twice that they tried and you know 
it just ended up not actually working out. And now that uh, time and distance has, has really kind of like set things back even further. It's just this isn't happening right now. Uh, maybe it'll happen later, but mm-hmm. it's not happening right now. Um, and when she comes back to confront him, yeah, she's pretty upset. She's like she's obviously very mad about uh, the way that things all played out there. Um, and she is going to. Yeah, it, it's over now. It's it's over. There's not anything that uh, that really can be said by Finn to make anything, you know, change. Which I think is a rash decision. I mean, obviously, drama, breakup, glad that the episode happens the way that it does because we we love season four, episode four. But looking back on it, like, I'm like, I think that Finn did exactly what he should have done here um, at the end of season three and letting you go. Um, and of course, yes, Rachel, you can, you can hate him and feel horrible that he did this to you, that he broke up with you. But think about think about the reality of the situation Rachel he didn't get into any of the class, of the school that he wanted to get into he would just be following you to New York and doing what is that really what you wanted for him is that really what you want for Finn to be doing here so fine it's okay to like hate him but you have to come to terms with that reality so yes if he does give you space and you do end up venturing off of course yes there's going to be a bit of a rift there but does that mean that you have to break up because of it you know what i mean so in the end like i mean i don't know i'm kind of going back and forth now i'm thinking about it because at the same time he's still not in new york so what do you expect her to do i don't know it just felt very like from for you to like be wanting to get married like a mere months ago to being you know what i hate you now we're out we're done it just felt very like I mean, but they're 18. Yeah, and I mean, the most unbelievable part about all of it is the fact that they hadn't communicated for all that time. It's like, I mean, they were going to get married. If he's overseas, then it's kind of hard. I don't know the details of how all that works. I I really have no idea. Um, But I just maybe maybe I'm I'm more concerned with like the way that like she seemed upset about it, but didn't seem like it was like a pressing matter. I feel like that ultimately would have been again given how in love they were and how close they were to literally getting married but whatever um so yeah after all is said and done here he's crushed you know he lost the army he lost his girl he lost everything and rachel's pretty obviously she's devastated as well that this is all playing out this way um and it's like maybe she was better off not having the closure i probably not i mean everybody needs closure uh for something this serious but now that it's happened she's just obviously upset uh she ends up going back to new york of course without finn she tells brody that she landed her first off-Broadway audition, which Cassie overhears and tells Rachel, the director's going to eat you alive. You're not ready. Uh, Rachel's like, Cassie, you should, try, uh, you should try out. Get yourself back in the game. And that pisses Cassandra July off to no ends. Uh, not good there. Cassie ends up inviting Brody to be her teaching assistant, which he accepts, and uh, here begins the trouble. So uh, he's like, okay, let's start next week. I'm helping uh, Rachel prepare for her audition. You know, Cassie's like, all right, whatever. Do whatever you got to do. Rachel and Kurt end up discussing, you know, should we go back home again, even though Rachel was just home, uh, because the production of Grease is coming up, and uh, Finn and Blaine were both working on it. And, you know, there's been a little bit of time in between, I think, uh, episode four and five here. So the feelings have definitely, like, cooled down a bit for both couples of just uh, all of that anger that they had. Um, and Cassie comes by. She's like, oh, you should go home. Go, definitely go. Uh, it's your high school show. Like, you have to do it. I even have free flights that you can both take. So they do. They go home. Uh, they show up expecting that people are going to ask for autographs and they're reminiscing about high school and what great stars they're, uh, they, they are emerging from the school. Uh, Kurt reunites with Blaine. Finn reunites with uh, Rachel. And they're like, you know, we wouldn't have missed it. Uh, Finn tells Kurt, uh, no, Kurt tells Finn about Rachel's audition and Finn's like very happy for her so the tension is still in the air but it's not like you know we all hate each other by any means so the show goes on we're gonna watch Grease 
And uh, while watching the show, Rachel starts picturing her and Finn up on the stage, and she gets pretty sad about it, as does Kurt with Blaine. Uh, so she gets up. She wants to go make a phone call over to Brody, who's been her source of comfort, um, and he doesn't answer the phone. Somebody else does. Hmm. Yeah, Cassie. Uh, yeah, just I'm with uh, Brody right now. He's uh, in the shower. We fucked. Um and I did it to get back at you because you told me that I needed to get back in the game in class today. And I just I just didn't really appreciate it. So, yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> Bye, bitch. <laughs> Not sorry. Is essentially the message there. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very messy and extremely unprofessional. Um, but that's that's Cassie. Uh, so Rachel, of course, is devastated because, I mean, she just had to deal with going back to see uh finn and the rest of her friends and she didn't even speak to any of them besides mercedes which is kind of screwed up but um yeah and now the the one piece of support that she was expecting to have back in new york is busy sleeping around with the lady that is making her life a living hell over there so right now she just feels very isolated because it's like you ruined the thing well you didn't ruin it you ended the things with finn now the thing that you thought that you had going on was not a thing it's or not the thing that you thought it was so it's just a very very weird position to be in so by thanksgiving she's like fuck men let you know what kurt let's just screw blaine screw brody screw uh finn and let's just have the perfect orphanage thanksgiving in new york we're not going to go home we're not going to talk to any of our friends we're just going to stay together we're not going to abide by the promise that we made to the rest of people to the rest of the people saying you know what during the holidays we're going to come home just you and me until the end um and so this plan almost goes the way that it should have except brody does weasel his way back in because brody's like look um we're not together and you definitely went home to go see your ex so (laughs) i'm also a grown man you're a woman i won't say grown woman because she's far from grown um and you can really do what you want and so can i so look we're not going to do this like whole little high school he said she said i'm mad at you type thing if you want to spend more time with me then just say that and we can keep it moving and rachel's like you know what you right you right and you're also really hot so i'm not about to say anything else that might ruin this for me so you want to come over we'll cook some turkey together and so they throw well, is that what the kids are calling it these days <laughs> exactly uh they go home uh and they definitely do treat that turkey like it's a courtship device um <laughs> In the meantime, Kurt has invited uh, people from his job or his life over to the hotel. And so Shangela ends up in that bitch. Uh, of course, Isabel Wright is up in that bitch. And they throw a kiki. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great time. Yeah. And uh, all the while, Rachel's still preparing for an upcoming Niata showcase that will be in the Swan Song episode. So she's got a lot going on. I mean, she she left things off pretty poorly with Finn after during the Grease episode uh, after she found out the news about Brody. And uh, he, he then Finn finds her and, you know, she's been crying and they ultimately realize in that moment that, like, you know, obviously she's got feelings for Brody. So uh, they decide, like, OK, we, we need to just kind of 
actually call this off for now. Like they did already call it off, but then she came running back home a couple days later. So it's like, okay, no, seriously, uh, I won't tell you when you're when I'm around. You don't tell me when you're around. Like Rachel and Kurt go back to New York, and it's like we genuinely need to take time apart right now because this is not doing any any of us any good. So when she gets to Thanksgiving, and yeah, you know, she uh, links back up with Brody. She's like, I need something. Like not not, not necessarily like I need a man or anything like that, but she's like, I need to have like positive things uh, to uh, to take me out of this funk that I keep falling in Finn related or Cassie related. And Brody seems to be consistently doing that for her of kind of lifting her back up. Uh, Kurt as well. I mean, that's the whole point of, uh, the end of episode one that he was supposed to be back there. And it's like, Oh, my best friend's back here. So yeah, you kind of combine those two different, uh, happiness things, uh, in, uh, in this, uh, episode Thanksgiving to let Rachel enjoy herself there. So, um, after Thanksgiving, it is time, uh, to get closer to where Rachel's going to have this showcase. Um, they both find out about what happened at sectionals with Marley and, uh, Rachel was like, I might call Finn to see if he's okay, but no, I'm not going to. Um, and while Rachel is in her dance class, Carmen Thibodeau walks in with the, uh, the golden ticket for Rachel. Everybody is looking on like, who is Carmen about to deliver this ticket? it to it is rachel inviting her to perform at the showcase uh everybody applauds and uh cassie ends up of course just being cassie saying it's three months rachel. and challenges her to a dance battle for something that she knows darn well rachel is going to sing yeah <laughs> i mean this is a you know fun opportunity for the two of them to perform together um but cassie and cassie just being you know her usual cassie self and she's like yeah bet you can't keep up like you, you you're still awful you still suck and rachel's like okay let's let's see um and this whole performance actually ends up giving rachel more clarity as to uh you know just who she is as an artist as a performer because you know we haven't really been focusing on that a whole lot and that's the whole reason she's here in new york uh you know she has been getting criticized by cassie for her dancing this whole time and in this performance yeah she really doesn't keep up with cassie as far as choreography goes but she kills it vocally like she always does and it kind of clicks with her that's what i need to focus on see now i mean that's an interesting point that you just made because we don't really focus a lot on the front end of the artistry it's a bit more about her moving on from thin and all of that which is fine i mean it's i mean how much like you know Am I that bent out of shape about that? Not really. But if I had to choose what I'd be more interested in, definitely would say that I'd be more interested in her finding her finding her artistry within New York. And I wonder if a better device for that would have been if it were more student focused as opposed to her having this rivalry with Cassie July. Maybe they wanted to differentiate uh, season four from the rest of the pack because Season three really, or seasons one through three really is Rachel getting into fights with her peers a lot of the time. And maybe they didn't want to continue that trend. But I think that you can still kind of continue that trend and have a Cassie July-esque character. Like, have someone else in the class that is better than her. Like, have freaking Harmony show up or something like that. Doesn't have to be Harmony, but someone like Harmony, you know what I mean? Um, Because then you can really get to see Rachel have to deal with the fact that there are other people that are just as good as her. And not some Someone who's supposed to be better than her by vir- virtue of them being a teacher. You know what I mean? Just an interesting point that I thought about. And plus, also, you know what? I'll save that until we get to the end of the season. <laughs> um, yeah. So it does give her some clarity here. She knows that she's going to win with her voice and not with her with her dance moves. Well, that was never going to be the case. I don't know why you need clarity on that, Rachel. You really can't <laughs> dance. <laughs> like, you, you're actually been in booty camp with the rest of those hoes. All right. Um, so she does go to the senior showcase. Uh, there are other students there that um, are vying to 
get the what is it a certificate a, the ultimate prize like what do they win here? i have just no the, idea if they were competing for anything i have no memory of that i just feel like it was like so it's a just recognition chance, yeah a chance to perform and show yourself off to this to the school to probably you know people that are coming to watch from outside the school you know that kind it's of it's unclear yeah but so yeah. i mean she she wins she wins she sings being good is not good enough which is one of my favorite lady oh, lady gaga excuse <laughs> yourself who <laughs> whoa all right, I just okay. I have no uh, idea my who actually favorite, sings it. <laughs> um, it's from uh, I always forget the musical it's from. Damn it, whatever. Um, it's <laughs> a star is born. One of my favorite it. Rachel Berry performances is what I was going to say. <laughs> um, she gets a standing ovation and she gets an encore. So it is around the holiday time. So she decides to sing "Oh Holy Night" as the encore. Um, f- special fun fact: What's her face from the Glee Project season one is in this scene. Um, she doesn't have any lines. She's just there. Um, sounds about right. Yeah, but yeah, I forget while, her name. While she's having this, uh, you know, great night going for her, Kurt's also having some stuff go on. Uh, Carmen is going to call Kurt up to perform under pressure, and Rachel, you know, being a good friend uh, in a rare moment of Rachel caring about somebody else, uh, she hypes up Kurt, saying, "Look, you were at your best when you sang. I want to hold your hand in the choir room, so I think you can go out there and kill it. Just doing it, do sing something in that exact same way. Uh, no costumes, no props, uh, nothing like that. So you're going to be fine." Which he does go up there. And he kills it, so that's great. Um, and then we get a nice scene here in Swan Song of Rachel decides to give Finn a, a phone call. Um, she had been wanting to at the beginning of the episode, decided not to. But he's alone in his room, um, and uh, Finn's feeling pretty down because of what happened at sectionals. The Glee Club is now being told that they're done, they're over. Um, and Rachel's also, you know, just just had this big moment here for herself. Uh, she tries to remind Finn what the best parts of Glee Club were and why it meant so much to them. And uh, Finn really needed to hear it because he was he he had been feeling pretty discouraged. Um, and it ends up just being a really nice call because they had been so obviously like. Uh, at odds with each other and things were just not going well. And like, this was like a friend call. Like this was like, we both could use a, a talk with each other that we've had, you know, just this person that you, you were going to marry, like just, you know, this really good connection that they've had. It, it comes back in like this friendship way here. Um, and it's a nice scene, which is obviously going to uh, eventually get us to the uh, wedding episode with Will and Emma. So we'll get to that. Um, but yeah. And then Kurt ends up getting into Niata. So we have some success for Rachel's friends here that we didn't have at the end of season three with Finn kind of getting back on his feet with the Glee Club, Kurt getting into Niata. Obviously Rachel's having success at the showcase and at Niata. So things are looking a lot better than they were, you know, a couple of uh, half a season ago. Yeah, definitely up uh, on the up and up because this is like right around the uh, hiatus of it all. Right. So they're really starting to close down some of these storylines and um, wrap some things up so that we can head into the latter half of the season. But when we do, I mean, we do have the um, the Christmas episode, which Rachel really isn't involved in much. Um, What I think is canon is that she is on a cruise with her dads, which she invites Kurt to, which Kurt does decline. Um, within the vignette series, she is um, she never actually goes to Niada in Artie's dream. She stays at McKinley and becomes the uh, librarian. She does still do uh, theater, but it's community theater, and she's not even a lead. And that's where the story ends with that. <laughs> Moving on into um, Sadie Hawkins, Rachel and Brody, you know, they're still still together. They're still figuring out who they are as a couple. Um, She does actually ask him if she wants to move in or he wants to move in um, because she doesn't like having to wait for him all the time whenever they want to hang out. 
Um, so she's like, why don't you just 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 move in? Come on. Um, so he does, which isn't the best for Kurt because Brody is Brody and he walks around naked, which of course is going to coincide with the storyline of Rachel being in this student film in which she has to appear topless, which is going to get Santana and Quinn involved as uh, they come over to visit her to convince her not to do this because frankly, as Santana puts it, it's a student film. It's not going to be good. Why are you showing them your titties for literally nothing? You're not even getting paid. It, like, you don't even really have good tits. You've got some Skeeter bites. Like, so save those bad boys for, I don't know, Brody, I guess. Um, and so Rachel really does struggle back and forth with it. She has a whole performance of Torn with herself. But I think Rachel, or, um, Santana and Quinn do uh, the job of convincing her not to do it. And she's like, you know what? I'm not ready to be topless. Maybe someday later in the future, but right now I can't do it. Um, and that's kind of where we at with that. What a fun time to have Quinn and Santana stopping by New York there as uh, obviously we're going to get Santana at the end of this episode uh, making a bit of a comment. You know, I really like New York. Maybe I belong here. Maybe I should Maybe I should come here too, uh, which of course she is about to uh, very, very soon. But yeah, um, it's, I guess, more like we were saying, there, there's not a, a lot up until that episode um, towards the showcase about like Rachel and how like her career, how her as a, um, as an artist is really like doing in New York. It's been all about her relationship. So we're getting more about what she's trying to do to further her. I guess we can, we can call it her career at this point. She's working towards that. Uh, She's going to eventually end up bouncing straight from school to career. um, The end of this season, going into season five, of course, uh, with the funny girl of it all. So yeah, she's like, all right, well, let let me try to take these opportunities that are coming my way. And uh, Quinn and Santana are like, wait 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 wait. you're really good at like everything you do you don't need to do this just to get into the business like there will be other ways Santana's like trust me I know this isn't a good idea um so she decides to to not do it and that's great um but as uh uh, Quinn and Santana head out and now Rachel is you know of course still hanging around with with Kurt with Brody um and apparently uh you know is this just happening for the sake of uh the episode being called Diva who knows uh this is still a character trait of Rachel's that makes a lot of sense. So they kind of highlight here that Rachel has been uh, very egotistical, more so than ever before since the Winter Showcase. Uh, Kurt is getting really annoyed about it. Uh, she even made like g- made herself friends with the mean gays at school. Uh, and uh, I don't know, she's just kind of like all over the place. Kurt is like, you're, you're not even recognizable anymore. You're just not even human at this point. Um, and uh, Kurt's like, I know I'm the only one who can uh, bring this ego of hers back down. She's gotten so out of control. He calls her out on everything and he challenges her to a diva off where they're going to go uh, just like they did years ago with Defying Gravity. Um, he does actually even tell her that when they did that Defying Gravity battle, uh, he tells her about how he threw it. And all these years later, she cannot believe what she is hearing because she says that she used that win to build her confidence for years afterwards. And now he's telling her that that was all uh, him flubbing it on purpose. And she's like, she's she's so shook by it, but she agrees to, uh, to battle off against him. So they're going to go have this competition. Brody explains the rules. They both perform Brink him home which uh, has put us to sleep a couple of times in this podcast but obviously it's a deeply emotional performance and the crowd life uh, seems to enjoy it they all end up voting for Kurt even the new gays in Kurt's uh, I'm sorry in Rachel's life um, and yeah so she ends up feeling pretty down after all of this because now she's the one losing and uh, it was Kurt Kurt got the win um, as he should have I mean well not really because vocally she's still did better than him but she needed uh to be brought down um because she's 
you know, she's feeling her oats and she's been a, a nightmare and she's reg- regressing back into her old ways. Um, now that she's like got a man and everything now, she just is feeling herself. Um, so it, it, she does sort of like not really get the point initially though, because then she goes from being this outright diva to being this, um, shunned diva. Cause then she puts on this whole act of, oh, you know what? Uh, Kurt, you're just so much better than me. Uh, uh, uh. Like, it's just like, oh, come on. Shut the fuck up, girl. <laughs> and Kurt does level with her at the end. Um, and he's like, look, Rachel, I only did that because I know who you are. You're acting real, real diva-ish and, quite frankly, fake around all these other people that you know are just being sycophants. Like, why are you engaging with any of these people? Like, be who you are. I mean, you are a diva, but, like, not like this. Like, this is this is so canny and just, like, ugh. So Rachel's like, you know what? You're right. I love you. And I'm glad that you're here because now whenever I get like that and lose myself, you can pull me back down. And so they do kiss and make up. Kiss. And it's great. Not, well, you know, they don't kiss and make up. They just, you know what I'm saying. You know what the fuck I'm I don't saying. remember watching the Rachel Kurt kiss. Oh, my God. Um, now there, there's a uh, there's a, fan a couple fiction. for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the end of all of this, though, Santana comes in because she's moving in, which <laughs> both Kurt and Rachel are like, okay, all right. I, <laughs> no I questions guess. asked. She is just and moving on. As, in. Yeah, and as soon as Santana re- uh, moves in, Rachel and Kurt leave to go back to I'm over the wedding. <laughs> but in all fairness, so did Santana. So yes. they all left. Um, they and it's together. Wedding time, baby. Um, Rachel gets a rude awake. Well, not a rude awakening because she kind of takes this in stride. Because whenever she comes back home, Finn lets her know uh, what happened between him and Emma. And Rachel's like, you know what? Look, you said you wanted to be an actor, right? So you're just going to have to act like nothing is wrong. We're just going to have to get through this, all right? Which I always found that that was very, very... um, an interesting reaction from Rachel was like, I expected her to sort of be pissed, but then again, maybe on some level, like if I had to put myself in Rachel's shoes, like sure, I wouldn't, I don't like the idea of my ex moving on, even though I moved on because who does, but if my ex is out here kissing guidance counselors out of nowhere, then I have to feel at least at some level, okay, I'm doing a lot better than he is. So maybe that's why she doesn't really, you know, lash out at him. Um, but it's because it, she does try to like help him through all of this, which is uh, just, I mean, okay, I guess. But at the wedding, um, Emma does hit the dirt. Like she's out of here. Um, and uh, they have to go to the reception for a ceremony that never really happened. Um, and Finn, as apologetic as he is, he is still very much into Rachel. And they have like this whole you know, cute little scene of she loves me, she loves me not. Um, and it all coalesces into them singing We'll Have, what is it, We'll Have Tomorrow? We've Got or Tonight. Or We Have Tonight? Yeah, close We've tonight. Got Tonight. Who Needs Tomorrow? <laughs> and they go back to the hotel room, and just like every other couple in the entire hotel that night, they bang. Um, but, like, yeah. this is more than that. Uh, I mean, of course, you got to point out here that this is uh, tragically, you know, their last episode together. The last time that these two are going to be in person in a, in a scene together. Uh, they do have one more call or one more scene uh, later on after the whole Brody thing plays out. But this is the last time that these two are in person together. Um, and, yeah, she 
it's 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 I think it's a good scene um, when Finn is, you know, being all mysterious to her. She loves me. She loves me not. I don't know where you are at this point in your life. You're with Brody, but then you come home and then we reconnect and then she loves me. She loves me not. It's like, obviously, these two were obviously, you know, wow, I just said obviously way too many times, uh, madly in love with each other. Um, and, and when they sing together and they spend the night together, it's like, this is obvious. Oh, why am I doing it? Why why am I saying obviously so much? Oh, my God, what's wrong with me? Um, now I'm going to be too conscious of it. Uh, things are clearly still strong between the two of them. So uh, after that's all said and done, Rachel grabs her stuff, heads back to New York, leaving Finn behind. Uh, she gets home and uh, she finds Brody has decorated the place for Valentine's Day and they share a kiss. And he's like, oh, you're kissing different. Uh, you kiss somebody back home. And she's like, no, no, I don't know. we're in an open relationship, right? Aren't we? And Brody's like, yeah, but we were going to be honest with each other, aren't we? Which is super ironic given what Brody has been up to while she was gone, which we'll get into. Um, the fact that he's preaching for like full clarity, honesty, but whatever. Um, so they watch a movie together. Rachel ends up sneaking off to the bathroom and we close out this episode where Rachel is taking a pregnancy test and we end the episode with, Oh my God, is she pregnant? Did she get, did, did Finn get her pregnant? Oh my, oh my God. Um, and this is all going to be like amounting to absolutely nothing. Like we'll, we'll talk about it as Santana shows up and tries to like comfort her with everything that's happening here. Um, but it just, it's, it's so strange to me that like this happens every time we get to the end of that episode and I see it, I'm like, Oh boy, I totally forgot about this uh, because it doesn't mean anything. It's like, they could have gone somewhere with it if they were like, I, I, I again feel like they just kind of were leaving the door open to it. Maybe if this, there's any percent possibility that we want to go in that direction, but they didn't, so I, I don't know. It doesn't do much. Yeah. Um, it, it's. I think it's a nice little, you know, oh, TV moment, pregnancy scare. Exactly. Um, but it doesn't Get the really, ratings. It, yeah, exactly. It doesn't really do much. Um, yeah. I think there might have been a bit of like a two-week hiatus between this episode and the next yeah, definitely. as well, which might have. Which just elevated so, all of that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, Santana is now in the apartment, um, and she is up to some antics that are making, um, almost everyone uncomfortable. Um, one thing that she seems to be having a big issue with is Brody. She knows that something is slimy going on with him. She, she can't quite figure it out, but she thinks that there is something really, really messed up with him. She ends up finding a pager, um, and $1,200 in cash. She's like, okay, he's a drug dealer. So... They're snowed in at this point. It's just um, Rachel, uh, Kurt, and Adam at this point. Brody is out somewhere, which, of course, makes us even more suspicious. He's sus, yo. Um, and Kurt and Rachel, they don't want to believe it, but it is it does give them pause. Um, Rachel ends up calling Brody like, hey, baby, where are you? And he's like, yeah, I got to go. I'll see you later. And she's like, see, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, delusion. Oh, my God. Um, but yeah, she uh, Rachel eventually yeah, does kind of like turn a, a blind eye to everything. Um, but Santana still continues to do some snooping around and finds the pregnancy test, which was positive. She positive. Was going to yeah, the test was positive. The pregnancy test wasn't it? Was it? I think it was. That's why Santana was like, okay, I found this. I thought it was like it was, it was like a false positive, which is oh, why maybe. she was freaking out. Yeah, she wouldn't have freaked out if it were negative. I, I thought she was just freaking out because she saw that Rachel thought that there was a chance that 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 she was pregnant. I don't remember. 
I think I mean, it's no, a po- I think could... it's supposed to be positive because at the end of the episode when she checks it, she like looks up at it and looks down and looks up and then looks at like she's like freaking out. Right. Because then they to go to the doctor in the next episode to find out that she isn't pregnant. So I guess that makes false sense. False alarm, yeah. But again, this storyline makes no impact on me where I genuinely was like, Oh, that was po- okay, yeah. No, I think okay. You're probably right. I I did like the scene, um, because Santana's like, all right, now that we're alone, I want to talk to you about what I found underneath all of this trash in the, in right. the bathroom trash can. <laughs> and Rachel does not want to talk about it, uh, but she eventually just breaks down in tears. And Santana's like, okay, it's going to be fine. We're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, she does take her to the doctor. Um, and she does give Rachel a bit of a life lesson here. She's like, look, like, cause Rachel was waiting to be like, all right, false alarm. All right. I'm going to class to see you later. She's like, uh, you need to think about what it is that you are engaging in. Like, that's like you're here for a purpose, Rachel. You can't just blow past this. You really need to reevaluate like where what kind of twists you're making and where your life is headed. Yeah. Um, starting with Brody, because like I said, maybe he's not a drug dealer, but something's going on. Okay? <laughs> so yeah. And we yeah. find out that Brody is a sex worker, uh, right? That's what happens here. And uh, yeah. I, as we've co- uh, covered very well, uh, or covered very, <laughs> not me patting myself on the back, we've covered this so well, um, as we've covered uh, extensively in Brody's podcast and at the time, uh, they really don't do a great job handling uh, the idea of Brody being a sex worker because they really just like shame him for it and all this stuff. And again, you know, all of the shame or shaming that should be taking place here is the fact that he hides it from her uh, and that he is still sleeping with Rachel and not telling her about what's going on here and and you know honesty is super important in all of this uh so he ends up you know being at the apartment later santana calls him out for being a drug dealer and rachel's still defending him again you know he isn't a drug dealer to be fair uh so brody brody shows up at uh niata santana is there waiting for him uh or maybe it's the other way around whatever and santana tells him look i know exactly what's going on you are going to be gone by the end of the night uh that's the end of story. Uh, and she sings cold hearted. Uh, she ends up getting back to the apartment and they find out uh, what Santana did. And they're like, you are, you have to go. You have gone way too far. Uh, Santana, Rachel and Kurt are both on the same page. Um, so she's like, all right, fine. I'm not going to sit here and continue to argue with you two idiots over this when something is clearly going on. I don't know why you would not trust me, but she's, so she's like, all right, I'll leave. I'll take Rachel's blanket with me. <laughs> she takes the comforter. She leaves. Uh, and later on, you know, we find out the truth about Brody. Uh, she ends up bringing in Finn to help get rid of Brody completely, which, uh, of course that whole operation, just exactly what you would expect from Santana. She is a fierce and loyal friend. Um, and she was not not about to just let you know this whole thing lie where she knew what was she knew something was going on she finds out the truth she gets brody you know caught red-handed and uh you know what rachel you probably should have listened to her so yeah um yeah she uh santana really does a lot of the legwork here in figuring out what's going on with brody and yeah i agree yes nothing inherently wrong with sex work but if you are in a relationship with someone, you can't just be out fucking the entire city of New York, the entire city of New York, and not letting your partner know. Yeah, um, this is what I do for a living. Right. Um, so Brody does end up leaving the picture. He's not. Rachel isn't really sure what happened at first because Santana and Finn wanted this done in secret. They just didn't want any contact between Brody and Rachel after this. But um, Rachel is going to find out eventually what happened and how Santana did this and how Finn came all the way over to New York just to punch the guy in the face to go all the way back <laughs> to McKinley yeah. to host the Glee Club. <laughs> I mean, what a ride, man. Like, you have to be way, way pissed just to get on a, a train <laughs> and only to punch somebody and leave the same night. 
Oh man, Finn Hudson for you. So yeah, they, uh, they Santana and Kurt are uh, talking about you know when should we tell Rachel the truth? Uh, and Kurt's like, well, she's got this big funny girl audition, so not till after then. Uh, Brody does end up leaving the apartment, not really telling Rachel why right away. Uh, he's like, look, but we can still be friends. Uh, Rachel and uh, Santana do some bonding uh, with the Kurt arm pillow in this episode. So uh, the two of them, you know, end up back on uh, relatively good terms. Um, and then Santana. Santana tells her the truth and Kurt confirms what's going on, which gets Rachel upset again. So she goes to Brody. She finds out uh, or she she goes to confront him. Uh, she hands him money here, which is super rude, uh, saying, look, I'm sorry if, you know, sorry I mean, if this isn't enough money. Just just the, the, the it's a gray there. area for me. It's, it's a it's gray, definitely area. A gray area. It just feels because so I would be so pissed if that were me. Like I would like like you're out here screwing everybody like. That's fine. I, if you I fully, do that, yeah, I fully like, agree. On. It's just the way that she hands him that money, being like, "Well, you only have sex for money, so like, you know, I guess I have to pay you for what, what you know, my time as well." Yeah, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but I'm also not about to hang her out to dry for this because, yeah, cause I wasn't gonna hang her out to dry. I'm just saying it just feels a little weird, um, right? But point is, she knows the truth now. He ends up giving her the money back and gets mad at her for uh, for judging him. And uh, look, we were just supposed to be honest with each other. You weren't honest with me. And Brody's like, yeah, okay. Um, and and about your ex boyfriend coming by to beat me up, that was something. Rachel's like, I cannot believe that he did that. Like, uh, that's insane. And he's like, look, I know you still love Finn. I know you guys slept together at the wedding. Nobody had to tell me about it. I I, I got that. Um, and look, I'm sorry for lying about it, but I meant everything that I, I said to you and how I felt about you. And uh, they're going to part ways here. They sing creep together, both feeling pretty guilty about how things went down and just realizing this isn't a good time for them to be together. It's not going to work out. So they split. Uh, Brody Weston, thanks for coming. Nice to, nice to look at you. Nice to hear you sing a couple songs. Um, and Rachel ends up thanking Santana for all of the hard work she went through to, you know, show the truth of, of what was going on there. Um, and they all take their boyfriend pillows, cuddle up on the couch, and Santana is officially moving in as uh, the NY3 are three. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Mamma mia, there we go again. That's my jam. Um, we move into Sweet Dreams. Um, and it's finally time for Rachel to go to her funny girl audition. Um, this is, this is it, y'all. Like, this is what, this is what Rachel has been wanting since we were introduced to her, um, three seasons ago. Uh, and it's, it's time, you know? Um, she is going to get, um, you get surprised by Shelby Corcoran, who, Heard about the Funny Girl audition because she is also back in New York City with Beth um, and runs like a Broadway daycare business. And heard about the audition and was like, I'm so proud of you. I just wanted to give you a little bit of a little bit of love, a little bit of guidance right before your audition. And so they have a, a, a nice moment together. Um, and she advises Rachel to just be herself and not try to be Barbara. Don't try to go in there and give them what you think that they want. Just go in there and do exactly what it is that you already do, which is always good advice. Um, Last time we see Shelby here, it's, uh, you know, it's nice that we were able to get her back. I guess surprising that they were able to uh, get a, de- I don't know if it's surprising. I don't know what she was up to in life at that point. But uh, this is the last time we're going to see Rachel with her mom. So, yep. Shelby's up out of here after this. Um, she also calls Finn um, and also would like for Finn to give her a little bit of advice. And Finn is going to give her advice. The route that she goes with Finn's advice is horrible, but... <laughs> It's Glee. So Finn is going to tell her, you know what? 
exactly that's essentially that's essentially what finn just said like don't stop believing like do something that's you and so rachel goes up into this broadway theater and sings don't stop believing and hallucinates that all of our old classmates are around her um and they buy it the producers the director they buy it they're like something something strange happened to you on that stage what was it and rachel's like yeah, I smoked some weed before I came here, and it really <laughs> no. just paid off. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, something like that. Yeah, they're like, something is definitely going on up there for you. What? What's the deal? And she's like, I was just thinking about my friends and how I wouldn't be the person I am now if not for them, which is, you know, a touching moment in its in, in the moment. But um, I think I have come around to agree with you that, yeah, that song is your audition song for Funny Girl. I don't know. No. I get No, that. honey. No, honey. Maybe she's uh, so traumatized from her Niata audition that she couldn't even fathom singing. <laughs> uh, don't wait on my parade one more time because that would have been... Although that would have been a horrible song anyway. Like, you don't want to go in there and sing. Uh, even if they ask you to sing from the show, of course, yes, sing from the show. But for Broadway auditions, you just they just want to know what your, what your voice sounds like in that arena of music so go in there and sing something from another good musical it doesn't even have to be old like funny girl it could be something a little bit more contemporary that still shows your range yeah that's my only point um but like i said it pays off her phone rings while she's catching up with Kurt later on she got the call back yay and this is where we get to the part of this story not necessarily rachel's story well yes it's part of rachel's story this is where we get to the part where i still don't like so we move on it's a wonderful right and we get one more uh, scene here with Cassie July. Um, the good news about her audition spreads. Everyone at home knows that she uh, got the call back and they're all wishing her well and everything. And the other person that is also, also apparently wishing her well is Cassie July. So she has this whole freaking uh, surprise celebration for her in the dance studio after making it seem like she wasn't going to allow her to make it to the callback because she was going to change the the time of her of her dance final which really just ends up being a stevie wonder jam session and to me this really just even for rachel's character it really just sort of it just ruins it. It ruins it. It ruins everything that she went through because then it makes it, it made it all seem like it was just for, just for fun, just to, to, to just to show Rachel that you were stronger than you believe and more smarter than you. It's just so stupid. Yeah. Just have Cassie July be pissed and have Cassie July, have Cassie July get fired or something. I don't know. I, like we need a step. We need an ugly stepsister here. That's what we need. And we don't get it. And it's just another one of, Everyone wants Rachel to succeed when really can't we just have someone that doesn't want her to succeed? Does it have to be a, a smooth walk to the end? But It'll, it yeah. is what it is. They, she, they, you know, make her feel good right before her callback and everything. And of course, that's going to be all that she needs in order to go back into that uh, room and slay. Yeah, it's it's a quieter end of the season for Rachel because obviously, as we know, the the big stuff is gonna uh, start coming up for her in season five. So she really goes out pretty quietly here. Like she, like you said, she gets that celebration from Cassie, which uh, yeah, I uh, I think you've covered uh, uh, how uh, how messy that is. Just plenty, so I don't have have a whole lot else to add. Um, but then yeah, they uh, in the final episode, she's like barely in it, all or nothing in the final episode of season four. Uh, you know, back at home, like you said, everybody's rooting 
cheering her on. Uh, everybody's sending Rachel uh, well wishes as she's about to go in for her funny girl callback. And she gets called in for the big moment. She auditions singing to, uh, to love you more, sings it beautifully. It's great. It's a, it's a, you know, she sounds of course, incredible on it. It's at the very top of the episode. And then she disappears for the rest of the episode. Uh, she cries a little bit at the end of the song, obviously, you know, got a lot on her mind. Everybody in the room is silent the entire time, just kind of in awe of how good she was. And they say, thank you. Like, we'll let you know. And that's it. That's the end of the story there. Uh, so season five is when we're going to get into Rachel, of course, getting the part, spoiler alert, and uh, how that journey goes for her, because obviously it goes super well, so well, uh, everything funny girl related. But here in season four, uh, a lot of growth for her as she learns what it's like to actually be in the place that she dreamt about for so long. Um, she obviously, you know, gets a, a lot of lessons before things, you know, kind of get weird at the end there with Cassie of like, yeah, not everyone's just going to open the door wide open for you to come in just because you're talented. Like you're going to have to prove yourself to people. You're going to have to get better than you are, even though you think you're already, a, you know, the, the star of the world. Um, and then everything in her personal life with Finn and with Brody and then and Kurt and Santana and, and Quinn coming by. It's like uh, she's still dealing with everything, you know, in her personal life as well, which, of course, uh, she's the main character of the show. So why? Would you expect anything different? So um, I overall am a fan of uh, what we get from her in season four. I, you know, I like season four a lot as as a season as a whole. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Rachel, as the main character and the, the character that we are following the most outside of McKinley, uh, there is enough of a compelling story to follow there um, and just see how she's adapting to life outside of a glee club. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Season four is um, it's. In a, in a weird way, it is definitely one of my favorite Rachel seasons. Even though there's a lot of stuff that I don't like about it, I think I think just I think the sentimentality of it, I like which I talk about quite often on this podcast, of just sort of following her through her freshman year as I was in my freshman year, I just really felt like I was you know sort of living with her yeah. um, and also living a little vicariously through her. So I enjoy this season for Rachel. Um, yeah, I don't. I know I'm not necessarily a good a, a good fan of the ending. Even even just the last episode, like minus the Cassie July of it all, I kind of just wanted a little a little bit more Rachel content. I found myself when watching season four for the first time. Whenever they weren't in New York, I was annoyed because I just wanted to know what was going on with Rachel. And in a lot of ways, I still feel like some of that sentiment is still there. So I agree. But I mean, yeah, I think that's, it's that's a, what I made it so compelling. Good. I'm sorry, I'm totally cutting you off. But uh, that's what no, made it fine. so that's what made it so compelling. That's what I'm saying. Like it's just um, that her season four story really, like I, I fully agree. And that's not even a character that I uh, connect with the most out of a lot of the other characters in the show. But I also felt like I wanted to know what was going on with her. Uh, McKinley is great. There's a lot of stuff happening there. But you always still wanted to bounce back to see uh, the character that we have been following for three seasons now. Like what's going on with her, especially since her story is connected to a lot of other characters that we've been following you know even the che small check-ins with mercedes when you know the in the two episodes that Merce mercedes is back in um it's just nice to have that class of the class of 2012 right they're the same class as us um going on you know into uh what's next for all of them so yeah mm -hmm. yep 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 mm -hmm. yep yep um so ready for more, for uh some more songs more music Rachel ready, ready, ready 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 all right, let's do it. So we're at the top 50 
the top 50 Rachel Berry songs pretty much halfway there. Uh, there were 106 total. We're at the top 50. Today, we are going to get you another 20 songs so that we can then get down to our top 30 and split that in half for the final two podcasts. So 20 more songs coming at you today. Let's just get right on into it with song number 50. All right, what do you uh, what do you say here? This is your your episode. Don't go breaking my heart comes from duets in season two. I am. This is great placement for me. I'm glad that this is in the top fifty. It's one of my favorite episodes. One of my favorite songs from my favorite episodes. Um, so yeah, I had this song on repeat for so long back in like 2011. I loved it, um, but I understand that it's not particularly standout. It's one of mine, so therefore top fifty suits it well. Yes. As uh, as we said, I think at the end of last time, no bad songs left. Um, maybe songs that we don't agree with being this high, but I feel like they're hard to say at any point uh, in, in what's coming up of things that are going to be actively bad. So uh, kicking off today, Don't Go Breaking My Heart at uh, number 50. Um, I think they sound great in this one as well. So I'm uh, happy for you that it landed in the top 50. Uh, let's move on to song number 49. Right, the first attempt from Leah Michelle at a Britney song. I mean, look, the episode was all about Heather doing Britney songs, but they were like, obviously, we have to let our star do Britney music as well. Uh, so she gets a shot here in uh, the first Britney episode with uh, Baby One More Time. Um, I'm like going back and forth between because Oops, I Did It Again hasn't popped up yet, has it? It is not. All right. So I'm like going back and forth between my head if this is the proper placement. And I think think it probably is um just because oops is a little more innovated and this is a bit more of carbon copy of the music video um it's 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 good it's a it's a good performance i can't help but the choreo queen and me can't help but um compare leah michelle's often flimsy dance moves to britney's sharp (laughs) sharp and uh to the point dance moves so 
Um, but other than that, it's fine. It's it's a good performance. Uh, I'll tell you that we both gave the uh, you know we, both Britney songs both got uh, the same number of points from us as uh, our bonuses. Uh, so both of them ended up with four out of five uh, bonus points. So it did truly come down to the audience's rankings of uh, which. Uh, Rachel Britney song was better so uh, oops is uh, going to be above it just the matter of when I guess that explains why I was trying to figure out which one because I obviously had made up my mind when I rated them, yeah, so. um, yeah. Uh, l- l- let's check back in on that whenever oops comes up so uh, baby one more time comes in at uh, number 49 I like it I think it's uh, like you said it's a carbon copy it's a remake of it but uh, I think it Go, I think I think it's fine. It's a Glee cover of uh, of of Britney songs, and it's not just like the Glee cover. Glee, yeah, Glee cover where uh, Heather was doing it, where it was like, okay, that is like magic and fun. Uh, this was just like, okay, the Glee cover, whatever. All right, moving on to song number forty eight. Did you uh, realize that we found love? It took it, it took me by surprise when I was making the list here. Uh, it's essentially a Rachel and Santana duet. Yeah, it yeah. just never really it, struck it me like that. Mm-hmm. Because um, yeah, I don't think anybody else sings on this. That do they? A little bit of backup from you know the rest of the club here and there, like the boys were just singing. But uh, it's it's really just the two of them. And just I don't know for my whole Glee watching life, I just always thought of it like a New Directions number. But uh, no, it's really just the two of them. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd noticed before, but I, I always forget about it until it happens. Um, but yeah, this is, this is, this is good. I think this is a fine placement for this song. Um, definitely, you know, it's Rihanna. So top 40 hit right here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the synchronized swimming of it all definitely makes it a memorable performance out of season three. So, yeah. um, we'll take it. We'll talk about this one maybe even more when we get to, uh, our new direction song rankings, uh, podcasts, which are still to come. Uh, at some point so uh, more on that later but as far as Rachel goes yeah she sounds great and I love hearing uh, the Rachel and Santana duets there's not many to uh, to really look into so this almost serves to me as like a surprise one because like I said it just didn't ever stand out to me in that way so I like rewatching it with like those new uh, those new lenses in yeah that's what that's what I'll say um, <laughs> song number 47 sometimes I wonder where I've been who I am Do I fit in Make believing Is hard alone 
47. Yeah, I love this performance. Um, they both sound great. I think specifically uh, Rachel's timbre on here is some of, dare I say, some of the best work on the show, um, especially towards the bridge of this song. It just, um, she just sounds like, you're like reminded just how trained Leah Michelle is. Um, and of course, it just, it is only made better by Amber Riley being here too. Um, definitely one of my favorite duets ever. Yeah, this is uh, season three, episode three, right, of uh, the the two of them auditioning for West Side Story. And uh, we're going to find out sooner or later that uh, this is not going to uh, resolve in either of them winning because they both win, essentially. And Mercedes gets pissed. But along the way, we get a really nice performance between the two of them. So, uh, yeah, no uh, surprise to see it make the top 50 here, landing at number 47. Uh, keep on moving to song number 46. For Good comes in at song number 46. <laughs> that was stupid. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I don't like the modulation at the end of this last chorus of this song, but it's fine. I think they sound great. It's one of my favorite musical songs ever. Um, uh, and yeah, I think this is appropriate. Yeah, season two finale, uh, Kurt and Rachel make it to New York. They're on the big stage here. They get to sing for good. It's like uh, a big moment for them. And I think even when like uh, even more impactful when you're watching the episode in the timeline of of like, you know, the succession of episodes and you get to that finale and they get up on the stage and you're like, wow, like they're the new directions are all in New York. They're trying to get the job done here. Um, But Kurt and Rachel are really here and like looking into their future and like, oh, my God, like they're on a Broadway stage. It's crazy. So I think that uh, overall it uh, is. It's a, a, a memorable scene, uh, even more than it is just the two of them performing there. So um, that's kind of what I take away from it. So 46, I think I agree with you, sounds uh, appropriate enough. So there it is. Uh, for good at 46. Uh, moving on, 
Number 45. Oh baby, it might seem like a crash But it doesn't mean that I'm serious Cause to lose all my senses That is just so typically me Oh baby, baby My problem is this I'm dreaming away Wishing that heroes They truly exist I cry watching the days Can't you see I'm a fool In so many ways Oops, I did it again I played with your heart Got lost in the game Oh, baby, baby Oops, you Oops, I did it again lands here at uh, number 45. So only a couple of spots higher than baby one more time. Um, and I think this feels right to me for this one to be on top. Uh, just the way that Rachel comes into this song, like feeling herself. She is ready to show Cassie that she is wrong, that Rachel has full confidence in herself and whether or not she believes it, she is making you believe it here. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's great. I love the uh, way that they arranged this song. Um, yes, a bit of the cringeworthiness drops in because <laughs> why are you singing this song for this class? But it is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a solid performance and they do a good job here. Yeah. So I enjoy it and I'm happy to see it again in the top 50. So where, where was this on the other side of things? I am curious. Oops, I did it again. Uh, hmm, seems to be a little bit lower. It was at number 61 overall. Where was Baby One More Time? I wonder. Must have been lower. Uh, 65. So I guess both of these just got a little bit of a boost because we like the Britney. So there's that. Um, so that's number 45 with Oops, I Did It Again in Season 4, Episode 2. And let's go to Season 5 for song number 44. The Greatest Star. I am by far, but no one knows it. Wait, they're gonna hear a voice, a silver flute. Ooh, 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 ooh. They'll cheer each toot. Hey, that kid is terrific. Mm. Is this supposed to be good? Sue, cut it out. He's a critic from New York Times. Do they still publish that? I'm a natural Camille. As Camille, I just feel. I have so much to offer. Hey, listen, kid, I know I'd be divine because I'm a natural coffer. <laughs> Some ain't got it, not a lump. I'm a great big clump of talent. These are facts. I've got no axe to grind. Hey, what are you, blind? In all other worlds, so all right, uh, lead us in on this one, Amon. At number 44, it's uh, I'm the Greatest Star. I think you like the scene uh, beforehand more than the performance, but I don't know. Is it all the whole thing here for you? I do love this scene. Um, for those of you that are not sure what I'm talking about, there's a scene where she walks from the dressing room all the way down through um, the wings of the stage and everything all the way onto the stage and cuts to black as soon as she's about to perform. It just 
it uh, I've already talked about it. Just go go find the podcast for that episode. <laughs> you'll see why. Um, I know I like this song too. I think that it, I mean it's the first real funny girl performance that we get to see from her, and we've heard the song before. Rachel or um, excuse me, Kurt sang this song uh, back in high school, and Rachel of course does it better here. <laughs> But, um, you know, I, I, I appreciate this performance because it really is just sort of representative of everything that she's ever wanted. And um, she does a great job even watching Sue leave in the middle of it. It sort of just reinvigorates her to keep going. So, yeah, love the performance. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so I don't really have a whole lot to add for uh, I'm the Greatest Star, but I understand why it is uh, so well liked. It's just, you know, it's not it's not my, my car song, but um, but I still think uh, I can appreciate it. So it uh, comes in at number 44. Moving on, moving on to song number 43. Was it was uh, Leah Michelle's voice built for that kind of that kind of note there? Yeah, she's just giving you a little bit of rasp. She yeah. does it from time to time. Um, Feel, feels uncommon, it ha- but it's good. It is. It's very uncommon because she's so um, she's trained. So rasp isn't something that you're supposed to really employ. But you can do it um, healthily if you know the proper technique. Um, if you like listen, I, I notice it a bit more actually whenever I listen to some, cause sometimes I love to listen to Glee songs acapella so I can hear individual voices. And there are songs, even in the earlier seasons where you can hear her rasping it up and I'm like, okay, Leah, I, I see you girl. I see you. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a big fan of this one. I feel like we uh, talked about it, you know, when we covered this episode, it just kind of hits you out of nowhere. I mean, the emotion that like, she's portraying here uh, after she's been uninvited from uh, this job, she's sent back home, sent, uh, sent packing after uh, a big epic failure here in LA. So uh, really bad there, but a really strong performance to kick off season uh, six. Yeah. It feels it's like triggering me to like everything shutting down because of the pandemic. Oh, no, <laughs> like Not this that. is exactly what this is probably what she would sing <laughs> as everybody was like packing up on the way out. Oh, I don't like that. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's Uninvited from season six landing at spot number 43. Let's kick it back to season three uh, for song number 42.
Dina Menzel, Leah Michelle, the magic is there, obviously, when these two uh, got together to do some songs on the show. I know that this isn't the bottom one because I think we already got their season four song out of the way with Next to Me. Next, next, yeah, Next to Me, Next to You. Um, uh, so Somewhere is the next one here, which means there's a couple more left, but uh, yeah, Somewhere at 42. I love this song. I just sort of wanted them to be flipped on harmony. I want Adina on the top one and uh, Leah Michelle on the bottom one, just because whenever Adina comes in with that first high one, it just hits you in your soul. Like her voice is just so unique. I just love it so much. And we get enough high notes from Rachel any old time. Like give Adina as many high notes as possible. There is a reason why Let It Go is still right now over the past seven years, the like, instant disney classic it's because of that voice that is singing it okay okay so are we like hitting this with hot takes of like having this i mean even with all that said we gave it 4.5 out of 5 uh which gave it a boost uh, for uh, to number 42 where the audience had it at like 80 something um i don't remember doing all that like i or i didn't i guess i didn't necessarily feel like i was making a hot take out of that i don't know i don't know it's just uh, I, interesting, I guess. People, um, I mean, it, it's a lesser known musical theater song. You know what I mean? So maybe yeah. that has to do with some of these ratings here. Um, so there's, I'm, there's, I'm sure that's what was doing it. Uh, it was below. Tell, listen to this. It was below extraordinary Merry Christmas on the audiences. Okay, y'all, y'all on crack. <laughs> Is it crack? Is it crack that you smoke? 2.88 for somewhere, 2.9 for Extraordinary Merry Christmas. All right. They, <laughs> y'all got to go. All right. Let's uh, keep on moving here. Uh, song number 41. I love this song so much. This whole this whole cover. I love this scene. Uh, Forty one. I will absolutely take. Uh, I would have expected me to be the only one out here like standing this, but uh, I guess I'm uh, not the only one because it made it higher up than I would have expected, and I'm very happy about it. Uh, just how how could you not have so much fun watching this? <laughs> it's great. Um, you have made me appreciate it more. Um, Still not necessarily one of my favorites. Um, I don't know. I don't this know. I don't feels think like it's anything. It could be wrong. from a movie. This feels like it could I, be from the Glee movie that 
like this is like the end after like they've had a whole long journey. Santana and Rachel had gotten a huge fight, beat each other up. Uh, we've had a whole journey to get here. <laughs> Tina showed up out of nowhere. Up. Yeah, Tina showed up out of nowhere, uh, and now we're here at a gay club celebrating Rachel's opening night. Like if opening opening night could have been a movie, it could have been a Glee movie, um, and this feels like the ending of it, where you just walk away feeling like the movie was fantastic. Uh, everybody's having so much fun. The the whole club, everybody is just living for all these Glee kids, Rachel especially, but Santana, Mercedes, Tina, Kurt, Blaine, every Sam is out here with the on the DJ booth. Like everyone's having so much fun, and I love it. Yeah, so I mean, I I feel your excitement because, and I relate to that because um, I have the same feelings about other songs and other scenes. This is just not one of them for me. Uh, I wish it was. Well, we got to <laughs> get do. your blood pumping. Uh, I guess the so. Whole I guess wild I'm, world's whistling. I guess I've got a leaky valve because I'm a because <laughs> I'm a I'm not quite there with y'all. I need uh, some. That's okay. Some it's surgery. Okay. It's like I said, forty one. I am not mad about at all. So. Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 41's fine. Probably higher than I would have placed it, but it's it's fine. Okay. Okie dokie. All right, I'll stop gushing over this one. Get it? Gushing because blood pumping blood. Okay. Ha ha. Uh, let's move on. Song number 40. Alone with you inside my mind And in my dreams I've kissed your lips A thousand times Sometimes see you pass outside my door Hello Isn't me you're looking for I can see it in your eyes I can see it in your smile You're all I've ever wanted And my arms are open wide Cause you know just what to say And you know just what to do And I want to tell you so much I love you All right, coming in at number 40, we have from season one, of course, it is Hello with Jesse St. James and Rachel Berry. The first time they sing together, the first time that they meet. Um, I'm torn here. I don't know if I would have put this one. I feel like I would have put it higher. That's my gut just because it's such a uh, it's a Glee classic. It's uh, a a cover that I really enjoy between the two of them. And actually, the audience had it at 21. So uh, what's the hold up here? This came in 3.5 from us. Um, I don't know. You uh, not the highest on this one? Um, yeah, like, uh, I think it's cute, but it doesn't really stand out much to me. Like, I forget about this every single time. Um, but I mean, it's Jonathan Groff and Leah Michelle, so it's not, it's not going to sound bad, but it's not one of my favorites because I just don't really care too much for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I think it's, it's a classic to me. So that's kind of where, um, my, my love for it comes in. I, I know I've, uh, (laughs) gotten deep with the, the emotions on this one, uh, a time or two since it aired. So, um, I do enjoy it and it does seem like the audience does as well, but, uh, uh, top 40, nothing to sneeze at here. Uh, 106 songs. We are arriving in the top 40. So, uh, have we had Jesse and Rachel yet? I feel like, no, I feel like they're all going to be up ahead unless I'm forgetting something. So, uh, no, I think we, yeah, I think you're right about that. Okay. So, hello, Jesse. Welcome to the top 40. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's move on to season two for a bit for uh, song number 39. It was the day that I promised I'd never sing of love 
That is the only exception, of course, from, of course, famously from the Britney episode. Uh, I guess famously, at least in the choir room, because uh, I picked that as one of my favorite songs from the Britney episode, and I still stand by it. Uh, I love the only exception. I think Rachel absolutely knocks that cover out of the park. Uh, it's super high up on my list. Uh, 39. I'll, I'll live. Yeah. I am not as huge of a fan of this cover. I think it's just one of those things covers to me where the glee version is not better um Haley williams has an in like very distinct voice and she so does. It makes it really hard to hear this song outside of Haley's voice um but it, it of course uh rachel does not sound bad at all here um top 40 i think top 40 is appropriate i think this is appropriate for where it is um even though i might have i might have might be a little lower on mine but i'm not i'm not mad at this at all okay Glad to hear it because I'm very happy that it's, uh, you know, up here with the top tier ish songs. It's, you know, uh, part four. So, uh, not, uh, you know, pretty good. Uh, the only exception coming in at song number 39. And we move on to another season two song at song number 38. Picture perfect memories scattered all around the floor. Reaching for the phone cause I can't fight it anymore And I wonder if I ever crossed your mind For me it happens all the time It's a quarter said I wouldn't call but I'm a little drunk and I need you now and I don't know how I can do with the okay I'm sorry I don't think y'all understand um, that it never ceases to make me smile from ear to ear when Matt sings on this podcast because I'm always <laughs> the one that is singing and I just love it when he's just like so overcome with emotion but I have to and he just has to sing um yeah, uh, I hated this song. Not not the Glee version, but just like the song in general when it came out. I don't know what it was back in that time. I was just like, because there were so many other like songs that were popular at the time. Um, and I was just like, what is this shit like bringing down my mood? Like, what is this? Because it was 
everywhere. It was everywhere. I could not escape this song. Um, I've grown to appreciate it a lot more um, as a, as an adult. Um, and the Glee version, yeah, upon rewatch, I appreciate this a lot more, especially because I've appreciated Puck's voice a lot more during this rewatch. And so, um, yeah, I kind of feel similarly to this with um, the only exception. Like, I don't know if I would have placed it this high, but I'm not mad that it's this high. Yeah, I mean, I... I I'm very happy these are here. I I would have uh you know been a little disappointed to see them like further down the list. Which I mean, if they had gotten like you know even less of a bonus uh, from us, then they would have. And I'm sure I gave both of these songs a five, and you probably gave them a three. So we averaged out at a four. And look at that, we made it work. Mm-hmm. So yep. Uh, that is uh, Need You Now coming in at number 38, and uh, we move on to number 37. One more song here from season two. Go Your Own Way comes in at number 37. Um, There must have been some audience love for this one. What do you think about this one? Because I wouldn't have had it, I don't think, this high. I don't don't know. I don't dislike it at all. I just, it doesn't stand out to me as much. Uh, It doesn't stand out that much to me. I think um, the popularity of this song outside of Glee helps. Yeah. Um, And... I mean, I guess it's a solid performance, and it's with Finn, you know what I mean? So, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see what yeah, people okay. would see in it. I just, I genuinely just, it wouldn't have been on my radar as like a, a top tier Rachel song performance. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Mine, Again. mine neither. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> top 40. I mean, we're still, we're still, we still got a ways to go. So, yeah. yeah. The, the audience had this at number 19. So, you know. I definitely would have placed the only exception and, uh, need you uh, now need you now above this yeah that's for sure me too oh well that is uh that makes sense because we gave this only 3.5 out of 5 but yeah so uh okay no problem that's fine 37 is go your own way uh moving on to number 36 it's a song that Amon is not a big fan of but let's see how he feels about it after this time listening through Trophies on a shelf 
I was like, so you know I'm not the biggest fan of this song, but you're about to make me listen to the whole damn thing? Well, it's not going to sound like that in the post-edit. I just wanted to get to uh, a part where she got to the, to belt out a note. No, I wasn't going to put you through the whole song, but uh, mm. you're still you're still uh, really not high on this one. Yeah, I and I hate to do this because I, I hate to like shit on someone's handiwork, especially if it's Darren Chris, right? Like I don't. The last thing I hate doing is like shitting on people's work. I just uh, it, it just wasn't like doesn't... The, the height of his career. It's just the song he wrote. I, I, I know, and, and that's true too. Um, yeah, I just it just doesn't really do much for me, and I don't. I I feel like to like to understand Rachel as or to 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 know Broadway and to know the type of music that Rachel shines in is to know Rachel and I feel like for her last solo I mean yeah maybe it's a little too on the nose maybe maybe they didn't want to give you something that was too predictable for her but I still feel like this song is just not the final song for her it's it's a miss for me and I uh, once I felt like that, it's kind of hard for me to get on board with the song, period. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad song. I think that it obviously, it has a distinct melody and all of that shit, but it's just not, no. It's it's a no for me. This is like if we were doing Glee the movie, the Rachel Berry movie, like this song is like in the middle of the movie when the character kind of has like a growth arc and like they're singing about, you know, what's kind of getting them to the next stage. Um, but I feel like what you're saying is, you know, we're looking for the finale song. Like we want the the song that shows us what Rachel, you know, is all about. Not really the song that's kind of like because this song is is kind of telling like telling us the transition of like where she was and and you know uh, all the good times and whatever how she's gotten to where she's gotten um, and it was you know specifically written by Darren Chris essentially for Rachel for this character um, but it does I, I do understand what you're saying it doesn't feel as final as 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 Rachel as you probably could have hoped for um, I still I still do like it I still do enjoy it I feel like the emotion and the 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 performance the acting I guess that you get out of the whole thing here uh it, it works enough for me but I definitely can get on board with we could have had more we yeah we we definitely could have we could have had more so um yeah maybe next time not this time get it <laughs> why do I always just talk and talk and talk um okay so <laughs> Uh, let's bounce from the finale of season six, uh, with song number 36 to song number 35, which is the finale from season four.
This song is so early in the episode, the credits have not even come close to being done yet. Uh, that's how that's how quickly they get this audition in. Uh, Rachel auditioning at the end of season four for Funny Girl, and then you know, next thing you know, it turns into where it's supposed to be, uh, the Britney goodbye episode, uh, kind of. So yeah, uh, to love you more, obviously she crushes it. I mean, it, there it is uh, at number thirty-five. Yeah, I love this cover. Uh, yeah, this is a this is a Rachel Berry that we know and love, right? Um, Do we love? <laughs> Rachel Berry that we know I feel like just um, like the other characters say about her we respect her talent and her ambition the rest eh. I mean that's sure <laughs> that's <laughs> I me with that. um yeah I uh I, I I like the cover though um and I think that it I think this is a perfect listing for it as well it's you know some of uh, I want to say it's some of her best vocal like the mm-hmm. so the best she sounds vocally, um, but it, it sends it so quick in that episode. It it's n- by no means a memorable performance. I want to say because it does it's just it's so quick and and then it's over. Uh, nobody talks about you know remember Rachel's finale performance of season four. It's just not something that people talk about. Um, but it's there and it's good. So yeah, spot number thirty five works for me. Uh, let's get into a couple of songs. I think the rest of the songs in the countdown here today are songs that people talk about and, uh, are all pretty good. Let's get to song number 34. Better not let Sue drive that bus. <laughs> Isn't she preggers? I mean, I guess it's not bad for pregnant women to drive. But... <laughs> <laughs> Don't drive buses while pregnant. You heard it here. I mean, she's like, she's like super pregnant, right? Like she, I don't, I, don't like I feel like she doesn't need to be driving the bus. Like, cause what happens if she goes into labor? How do you, how do you trust Sue Sylvester to drive your bus to nationals? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I was about to say, well, it's not like she can just, well, she definitely could just crash the bus because she's definitely pushed she you down the stairs before. So I wouldn't trust wants. her with my safety either. <laughs> All right. Well, Flashdance, what a feeling lands here at number 34. It is Rachel and Tina in the only time they sing together, right? Yeah, pretty sure. Took them three seasons to get there. And uh, then they were like, All right, we did that. We don't have to do it again. But it's fun. It's great. It's good. What a feeling. All right. What a feeling, baby. What a feeling! Uh, did you did you say anything? Do you have any thoughts? <laughs> oh, I I love this song because it's you know eighties. It's my shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But yeah, I know. I think this is a great moment for Tina and Rachel. Um. So I think I think this is a good spot for it. Yeah. Yes. 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 All right. That's a uh, thirty-four. We got three more songs on the day today. Let's get to song number thirty-three. Hello, hello, baby. 
I can hear a thing. I have got no service in the club, you say, say. Boop, boop, what did you say? Are you breaking up on me? Sorry, I cannot hear you. I'm kind of busy. Kind of busy. Kind of busy. Sorry, I cannot hear you. I'm kind of busy. Just a second, it's my favorite song they're gonna play. And I cannot text you with a drink in my hand. She is so wild. What is with her? Yeah, it's a lot. The scene never gets less funny. It's just I I will always smile and be hysterically laughing at the intensity that Rachel brings to this bathroom duet with Sunshine, who is just trying to, to, I don't know, look in the mirror, fix her hair. I don't know. Oh my goodness gracious! I sent you a TikTok, remember, of uh, of somebody recreating this, and I I hope that I'll, uh, m- multiple people recreate this because it was so it's so funny. <laughs> Maybe I'll recreate it. Please do. <laughs> I don't have anybody to recreate it with. I'd have to play both parts. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's so okay. Well, I I like this a lot. Um, <laughs> I I don't know that I needed to see it up here in uh the yeah, top thirty three. But I'm not mad about it because I think it's so funny. Yeah, um, I'm. It's yeah, yeah. I, I, it really wouldn't be this high up here. I don't think it really is a standout for Rachel. Um, I think I would think it's definitely memorable, but I, I yeah, I, I I wouldn't put it up here. And also, I mean, no one tops Beyonce and Gaga, so there's that too. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they did the song, I know that we uh, have covered well uh, how much we uh, are annoyed that they cut it off the way that they did. Um, but you can listen to the whole thing if you want to on the you know downloaded track uh, wherever you want to download your music, and uh, mm-hmm. it's just it's so funny. So. Uh, there's telephone coming in at number 33 right uh, 33 two more songs let's get to song number 32 just makes me happy be okay comes in at number 32 um i am sad to say that i forget about this song a lot of the time 
I, I, I appreciate it for what it is um, between the two of them. Um, I do. I, I think that it's really cute, and I, I do smile as they perform, but I it's not particularly memorable for me, so I would not place it this high, but it is a great performance. Well, the uh, the Rachel Santana duets are always going to, you know, go uh, pretty exactly, high up. Exactly, yeah. And, and yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I, but I, you know, I would say I agree with you that I kind of somewhat tend to forget about this, but then when I've, I do remember, I remember it, it, makes me happy. so emotional more than I remember this one. Well, that is obviously higher up the list. We haven't gotten there yet. So uh, luckily that will be higher up. Um, but this one is still, I don't know. It's just these two characters. I don't, you know, don't, it doesn't have to be about the actors, even if that is hard to kind of ignore as well. Um, so few moments with these two characters, like genuinely, friends and happy and on the same page and i mean even look at the first three seasons like you get like two or three two moments maybe of them like being okay uh in the in that part of the show and then you get to season four and five and obviously things are so so tumultuous between the two of them and then season six is like not even existent between these two characters um and it's like the main character that the show gives you rachel and the main character that the fans wanted santana um so when they merged uh for any kind of storyline or or song um there was you know it wasn't always in a moment where the characters were in a good place so you know that's why i kind of take this performance and it puts a smile but to that point though I don't necessarily believe this performance. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with the actors. It's just all the shit that they had just gone through. I'm like, that's what we're doing here. We're just wrapping it up like this. You know? Like, yeah, Rachel, no, I, I understand that. Like, Santana was going for the jugular, like, <laughs> two seas- or two scenes before. And now they're like, everything's gonna be okay. Like, no, fuck that. <laughs> like... As I think has been established, uh, I am a very easy viewer. You tell me something's happening, I just go with it. So uh, they're telling me they're going to be okay. I'm like, cool. I'll smile about it. (laughs) Um, So Be Okay comes in at number 32. And let's close this one out here. The last song of part four of this countdown. Before we get into the top 30, here is song number 31. We're going to season one. Now, who's more mad, the librarian because of Finn knocking down all of those books as he walked past singing, or Brad? He's getting dizzy watching these two sing around him in circles on the piano. I don't know. They're, these two are sounding great, but they're not really being very considerate of the people around them. <laughs> so this is a hidden treasure. Um, I remember when we had we were watching this episode, and I was like, oh, my God, I forgot about this mashup, but it is so good. Um 
yeah i i think by virtue of just like like the sentiment of just like being like oh my goodness i forgot about this, this is wonderful i think that this probably would have made it up um maybe not quite this high but it, it might have made my top 40 um because i think that it is such um an early such an early treasure of mm-hmm. for rachel and for finn fin, like the both of them just really there they went off on this song to be mm-hmm. honest um so yeah I would argue it could be higher. I would argue it definitely could be higher here. Um, For Rachel by herself, I don't know. That's the only thing that's like keeping me from saying that. Like, well, the 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 whole category is songs that Rachel is directly at least fifty percent a part of. So you know, if we were just doing Rachel solos, then you know it's a different story. But well, no, I know, I know that. Like, I I know that we're including duets as well. But I'm just, I know that there are a bunch of Rachel solos that I don't know if this would be higher than. But I mean, we haven't gotten there yet, so maybe, maybe I'll change my mind once we. Yeah. Get into them. So, yeah, there's uh, Open Your Heart Borderline from uh, Season 1, Episode 15, of course. And uh, that closes us out here for the day. Uh, Really, really big fan of that one. And like I said, I could have easily seen it going higher. But that means there's still 30 really good Rachel Berry songs left to go. 30 songs left that were ranked uh, higher than all of these great songs that we got to uh, in, you know, today's countdown. So there's that to look forward to as we get uh, to Parts 5 and 6 of this series of Rachel Berry. I can't believe uh, we're still... Uh, this is this is part four today. There's so much to talk about with this person uh, and so many songs to get to, but we're getting there. We're almost done. We are almost done to the top of Rachel's songs. I'm excited. <laughs> so, with all that said, um, well, I think we switched up the schedule format on you guys. So uh, I think we originally planned for like, you know, like part one, two, and three, and then four, five, and six. But I think what you're hearing right now is part four, which kind of came with part three. Sorry to be all confusing. Who knows what's actually happening around here? Nobody's in control. Nobody has any idea what's happening. Um, but in control. let's uh, let's we could drop some plugs here. Uh, where can they find us and follow us and uh, send us reviews and money if they want? <laughs> You can send us money at our <laughs> PayPal account. Uh, what, I forget what the, what the URL <laughs> it's is so, actually. It's so long. PayPal.me <laughs> slash Choir Room Podcast. We just, uh, I think I talked about it in another podcast recently. We just uh, had our uh, yearly you know, renewal rate from uh, our place where you have to put pay to put the podcast. So, you know, that uh, not... Not that it's like a huge fee, but uh, always appreciate anybody's help with those kind of things. Always, 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 always. Um, all the best. You can also follow us on Twitter and on TikTok at Choir Room Pod. You can follow us individually. I'm at Amon Abba, Matt's at Malagori. Leave us star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcasts. It helps other people find the podcast and it just helps us let us know that, you know, you give a shit about what we're doing here. And we know that you do. We know that you do, but it's always nice to hear anyway. Um, and I think that's it. Yeah, we uh, we obviously are getting to the end of this particular project, but we're still here. Uh, even if this project is uh, over at some point soon, uh, this particular, you know, the character studies will be here. So uh, we are still around. Let us know what you're thinking about this stuff or about uh, whatever ideas that we may have or you may have for us to do next. So uh, keep chatting with us. We're, we're here. Um, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you in part five. See you later. And we'll see you next time. (laughs) 